The Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you. Talking some NFL and um, power rankings and such. I'll give you the power rankings coming up here in about uh, about 15 minutes. Hang in there for that. But just let, let's talk a little bit about the NFL in general, shall we? The better teams in the NFL. So let's start with the undefeated, and that is the, the Miami Dolphins. They get a win this past week. They ended up knocking off Buffalo, 21-19. Buffalo had numerous chances to win. And in that game, I mean, let's be honest, when you talk about the total amount of numbers, Josh Allen threw for 400 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Two of 186 yards and a touchdown. Now, look good. Look good, didn't turn the ball over, you know, sacked one time. It wasn't like he ran all over the place. He he, he didn't. The, uh, they did enough to win. They did enough to win. But Josh Allen got it done with his feet, uh, ran for almost 50 yards, threw for 400 yards and a couple of, couple of touchdowns. You know, they, they really, I mean, Buffalo smoked him in a lot of categories. The Bills, by the way, the Bills, by the way, and how they didn't win this game, it, it's still beyond me. But the Bills were 61% on third down offensively. 61%. And they didn't win the game. 400, almost 500 yards of offense, 497 yards to the Dolphins' mere 212. It was 40 Point four oh minutes of time of possession to nineteen twenty. I th- that's unfathomable that they still lost that game. Now, on one hand, you say, you know what, Bills should have won. Bills were the dominant team. Bills are the better team. You'd say, yeah. Then again, you could also say that the defense stiffened when they need to when the field got short. They kept Josh Allen and company out of the end zone, and they won the game. And you wouldn't be wrong. But think about that. Almost 500 yards of offense. So who is the best team in the National Football League? Is it the undefeated Dolphins? Or, or dare we say, is it the Eagles? They smoked the Commanders. Jalen Hurts continues to be solid. Three touchdowns. No picks. Threw for 340 yards. Can get it done with his feet, too. I think he ran for like 20 yards in that contest. Do you look at at, at the Eagles and say, nope, nope, the Eagles are the best team in the National Football League? You know, and then who's bringing up the rear? Who's in that that defeated but still very good echelon? You know? Obviously, the Bills would be. Are the Vikings? Have the Vikings? Because the Vikings got beaten week two and barely held on at home in week three. To get a win over the Lions, and the Lions are one and two, and the Lions have yet to really kind of figure out how to close out games, but the Lions, we think, are going to be a pesky team this season. Will they win a lot of games? Probably not. But if they get to six or seven wins, eight wins, that's a hell of a season for them on the way on the uptick. But the Vikings held on to win. Now the Ravens, who got beat the week prior at home by Tua and company, go on the road. And had it not been for Mac Jones going down with an ankle injury, they may not have won that game. But they get a win 37-26 on the road in New England. New England's defense succumbed to what uh, they just they just couldn't handle. 
um, Lamar Jackson, who is having an MVP-style season. Now, he did throw a pick, but four touchdowns. 18 to 29, 218 yards, but he was sad he was under siege, which is a little concerning because this guy's got moves. And now here comes that same defense into Lambeau Field on Sunday. But four touchdowns, one pick, quarterback rating of 110.3. And then Mac Jones, end of the ball game, goes down. He had three picks, three turnovers in this game. Three. One was just a poor throw. But had they not turned the ball over, are we talking about a different outcome? And Matt Jones goes down with the injury? They still ran for, uh, what was it, 145 yards on a decent Baltimore defense. So where does Baltimore fit in all of this? Cincinnati, last year's loser in the Super Bowl. They finally get their first one of the season, but they got to do it against the Jets pretty much with ease. The Chiefs, who were so highly thought of, now they're in fighting on the sideline. They get knocked off for the for the Colts, who get their first win of the season in Indianapolis, and they eke by 20-17, to 17, and the Chiefs look like they can't get out of their own way offensively. A lot of topsy-turvy right now in the National Football League. You got the Packers who defensively looked good over the last couple of weeks specifically, but they're doing it against one, the Bears, and two, against Tom Brady without a lot of weapons. So how good is that defense? Now they're going to face a team with probably Brian Hoyer under center, and the numbers are going to continue to get better for that. You would assume continue to get better defensively for the Packers, but how good really are they? You can only play the teams that are in front of you, and you don't make any excuses if you kick somebody's ass because you're supposed to. I'm all for it. But how good are they? And the Cowboys now are 2-1, and one, and the two wins come with Cooper Rush. They go into New York, knock off an undefeated Giants team, but the Giants, a little bit overrated, obviously. Cowboys still with a lot of talent. They get them 23-16. They come from behind and win that game. The Cardinals, who I thought were going to be one of the juggernauts in the West... They go to one and two. The Rams pick up their second win after getting knocked off in humiliating fashion in their homecoming after the after the Super Bowl banner was raised and the rings were given out. Then they went out and promptly got beat by Josh Allen and the Bills. But since then, they won back-to-back games. And they get a win over the Cardinals, 20-12. to 12. So you see what I mean? And then there was the West in the AFC, which was supposed to be this just dynamo. And the Raiders are over. They can't find their way out of their, their out of their own way, for that matter. Denver is two and one, but they're they're as ugly as ugly gets. Kansas City, as we know, is also two and one in that division. So there's just a lot of ifs, ands, and buts. And I want to go back to we were talking earlier about the uh, uh, about the special teams, and somebody had asked me how good are the special teams for the uh, for the Packers. So um, a couple of things. One is the special teams for the Packers. Right now, rankings-wise, right now, rankings-wise, they are, um, okay, in uh, yards on kickoff, they are ranked not as bad as they were last year, okay? Um, They are ranked, I think, like 17th, 17th right now. Their average kickoff return, uh, Packers are also 17th at 19 yards per return. Their punt average return, 
for the Green Bay Packers is 8.8. That puts them smack dab in the middle, really in the uh, upper third. They are, no, I take that back. They're at, uh, what, 14? They're at 14. Eight fair catches on the season. The longest return they've had was 20 yards. They've had six attempts to return punts. So it's not not terrible. You look at pro football focus, though, and overall special teams for the Green Bay Packers, they are ranked 31st overall. 31st overall for the Green Bay Packers. Right now, when it comes to special teams, um, one of the best players they have, there's there's three of them, really. Uh, the three top players are Isaiah McDuffie, Rasul Douglas, and Josiah DeGuar. They rank the highest when it comes to blocking and when it comes to tackling. Quay Walker is up there with Eric Stokes, Jawan Winfrey, Preston Smith has even played some special teams so far this season. Ten snaps on special teams. Ke- Keyshawn Nixon, who they brought in to be a special teamer, has played 44 snaps on special teams. He ranks 14th, tied with Kenny Clark. So he has been on protection, coverage, uh, kick coverage, kick returns. He ranks right dead in the middle, basically. So they're better. They're better if you uh, if you you know ask. Okay, are the Packers heading in the right direction under Basaccia? Yes. But their overall ranking via pro football focus right now is still down near the bottom because they don't do anything dynamic. But they also have not cost themselves anything. You know, the one fumble that they did have when uh, Mari Rogers took the punt in Chicago, in the Chicago game, he uh, probably shouldn't have caught that. And he tried to catch it on the run. Went through his hands, muffed it, kicked it out of bounds, so it didn't hurt the Packers either. And then the other one that people are talking about was he had a couple of blockers ahead of him in about 10 yards of daylight taking that punt on Sunday against Tampa Bay, but he chose to fair catch it instead. The belief is, and we talked to Bill Huber from Sports Illustrated who covers the Packers on the daily about this as well, and Mike Clemens kind of thought the same thing yesterday, was that Amari Rogers was probably told, hey, just catch it. It's not unless it ends up on the ten yard line or whatever. Just catch it, just catch it. Don't fumble it. Don't give them an opportunity to rip it out of your hands. Just catch it and let the Packers offensively live to fight another day. And that's most likely what he did. So not overly concerned about that by any stretch of the imagination either. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You can hit us up. If you'd like to, again, 877-867-1670. You can email the program as well. Simply uh, simply thebillmichaels at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com, and uh, you can get a hold of us that way. Um, this was from uh, Brian who says, uh, going back to the uh, to Graham Mertz, he said, I also believe that the NFL scouts and general managers thought highly of Graham Mertz at the time as well. Now if I was an NFL scout or a general manager, I would not give up a sixth or seventh round draft choice for him, for the way he has been developed, or lack thereof, when it comes to Wisconsin. Uh, This is, uh, what else do we have here? This is from Mark. Mark says, uh, hey, Bill, the NFL overall special teams is not great. Nobody's really returning punts and kicks big time. I'm happy they're just not turning the ball over, which to a certain extent you understand. You, You know, you don't want turnovers, but 
all in all, I mean, you still, you know, you you, you like some kind some kind of dynamicness to it, you know, some some kind of dynamicness to be, you know, just to say we we you know I shouldn't say we I didn't do a damn thing, but they're legitimately better. Let's go to Mike listening to us in Menominee Falls. Mike, welcome to the program, the Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Hey, Bill. I think the problem with the Brewers, probably similar to the Badger football team, is you've got teams generally a direct reflection of the of the personality of the manager, the coach, general the, the head coach. And unfortunately, neither Council nor Chris have any passion, fire, degree of urgency, or killer instinct. And that's been on display just every game we've seen them blow at the end of, of games, putting in guys and for, for council, letting guys walk bases loaded with a four-run lead, three-run lead. I was there last Tuesday night. It's the most frustrating thing I've ever seen. And he continually do that. does that. He pulls guys out that are pitching lights out, and he lets guys stay in there that just are struggling. And it's just so frustrating, and they don't play small ball. It's like watching five-year-old t-ball. And it's, you'll get lucky enough to get a hit. The guy sits there all the entire inning and doesn't move. And very frustrating for the pitchers. I'm sure they pitch their arms off. And at the end, the guys like Woodfoot and, uh, and Burns, they don't get any wins because they were scoring runs. Frustration. Right. No, I completely agree with that. I, and appreciate the phone call. Here's the thing. with uh, here, Here's the difference. Football is an energizing adrenaline pound you up front, you know, make a big play sport. Baseball is a marathon, and unless the ball's put into play, there isn't anything beyond that. You know what I mean? So it's kind of tough to talk about because tell me what manager is fiery. You know, there's a very few. I don't see – I mean, when Council gets fired up over a bad call or something, he gets fiery, you know. But we see managers chewing gum – Spitting, looking down, maybe talking to the guy next to him. You know, uh, the Yankees are one of the best teams in baseball that everybody's paying attention to right now. And you don't see much out of Boone. You know, it is it is a weird dynamic when you talk about adrenaline and rah-rah in baseball. You know, Um and the one thing about baseball is it's steady. Now, I'm not saying Council's the best or anything like that. I'm just saying Council's been very, very good. And when it comes to relatability in a clubhouse, if you and I don't know if anybody's ever been privy enough to see them walk through a clubhouse. And it's not that I'm down there all the time because I'm not. But I've seen it, and guys love to talk to him. He's still one of the guys. Uh, and not in the sense that they don't respect him. It's in the sense that they, they like talking to him, and, and he's pretty frank and open with the guys. And I think a lot of players appreciate that. So um, for counsel's sake, baseball's a different animal. Football, yeah. You know, I, I'm trying to think of a, a, a successful head coach that I have not seen fired up. You know, Saban gets fired up. Ryan Day, he, my God, he's storming the sidelines over at Ohio State. We all know the crazy energy up in Minnesota, which sometimes I think it's more for show than for for substance. Um, we know, you know, I just start to think of guys that have had success. And I hate to bring up Brian Kelly, but Brian Kelly's a screaming, yelling idiot. 
but and I don't want to see that kind of energy, negative energy, if you will, on the sidelines. But he's he's been able to win. Um, Luke, Luke Fickle out of Cincinnati, you know, took Cincinnati from basically not much and brought them back to the ranks of prominence. Um, but then again, you get a guy like Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards is a rah-rah guy and sucks as a head coach. So it's, if you're going to be a rah-rah guy, you got to have the backup to do it. You got to have, you got to have that, that, that cred, you know what I mean? So anyway, uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. When we come back, time to uh, time to lay out the power rankings. I know, I know. We were talking about some of the better teams in the National Football League, but I'll let you know who's gone up, who's gone down, all that kind of good stuff coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. program great place if you're going to head out on a lake not that the boats are out there but you want to watch the sunset want to catch some games want to enjoy yourself at sunset grill on pewaukee lake sunset grill on pewaukee lake really good place good food too good food if you're out and about lake country many different places that we talk about all the time out in that direction stop out there tell them we said hi although uh our girl uh trisha's gone she uh they bought a uh, business in the Northwoods, up in Tomahawk, and uh, Trish Trish left town. Her and her husband and the family moved north. But it uh, doesn't mean you can't go over to Sunset Grill. Same great staff, a lot of good people and good food. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, I had a couple people say, hey, I asked for Trish, and, yeah, she wasn't around, unfortunately. So, anyway, uh, time now to get to the power rankings. Power rankings in today's NFL. Uh, we go backwards. We'll start backwards uh, all the way. Let's do this. We'll start backwards at number 10 and work our way up, my top 10. And uh, you tell me if they jive with what you have. So uh, last week I was still a little bit sketchy, a little bit iffy. Uh, then they bounced back again this week and got yet another win, even though it was a squeaker and probably over a subpar team, but a team nonetheless that I think is going to get better. And that is the Minnesota Vikings. They go to 2-1 and one in the season. They knock off the Lions 28-24. That was at U.S. Bank Stadium. And in that game, Kirk Cousins, not a da- bad day at the office, 24-41, 260 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Dalvin Cook uh, ends up going down with an injury, but 17 carries, 96 yards, had a touchdown. And then in comes Madison. And uh, I had to cheer for him because Madison, uh, he's on my fantasy team. But uh, seven carries, 28 yards. Had a touchdown run as well. So uh, the Minnesota Vikings get a, getting the win over Goff and the Lions, who continued to battle. Give them all the credit in the world. But uh, the Vikings come in at number 10. Uh, and they jump up two spaces, by the way. The Rams, after the ugly start, they're kind of inching their way back. Their defense is playing a little bit better. They were really good in that contest. Pretty good uh, against the Cardinals. The Cardinals were at home, at home. And they were only 33% on third down in that contest. Uh, I give uh, the Rams some credit for going in there and getting back-to-back wins 
and it did it in decent fashion. Matthew Stafford, no touchdowns, but no picks. Decent day at the office, and they ran the ball. Akers, 12 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Cooper Cup had the one end around, if you will, the wheel route, so to speak. He came around the outside. They got it to him. He goes 20 yards for a touchdown on the only carry that he had. They got creative play calling. And uh, defensively, that kind of led him. So I'm going to go with the Rams. They stay at number nine. Meanwhile, the Tennessee Titans. How about the Titans at home? They get a win. They're one and two. I still think they're a strong team. I know they're one and two. They're the only one-win team that I have in the top ten. But they've they've come up four spaces. Do I think they're better than the Vikings? I think they're on the same par with the Vikings, the same par with the Rams. They're kind of an enigma right now. I don't think Derrick Henry is done and washed up. I like what I saw out of them. I like what I saw out of them. Tannehill, 19 of 27, did throw the pick, and if Tannehill can clean that up, they're going to be a much better team. But we finally saw Derrick Henry really start to just grind it out. Picked up a touchdown, 85 yards, 20 carries, over four yards a carry. I like what I saw out of Tennessee. Maybe they found their identity. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and move them up. Then you've got at number seven, jumping up three spaces from last week, the Baltimore Ravens. They beat the Patriots. They, they they probably shouldn't have, but Lamar Jackson is still just putting together a hell of a season. And even at, even then when they lost to Tua and company last week, now we've seen Tua and company get another win over the Bills. But the Ravens, nice job in getting the win on the road up in New England, bouncing back after that ugly loss and putting up points to do so. 37-26, they get the win, and they jump up. Uh, three spaces. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay, we all know what happened there. They fall a couple of spaces. They come in at number six. The top five are this. Packers remain at number five. Miami jumps up four spaces. And I wasn't getting uh, giving a ton of uh, believable love to Miami, but they have now won on the road in Baltimore and then back at home against the Buffalo Bills. Really, a win's a win. I can't, I, I say it all the time, you can only play the teams that are ahead of you. So win's a win. But it, it's still how you get more than doubled up in yardage, really get outplayed in almost every facet of the game, but the scoreboard is mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. And uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll just say that uh, I've got Miami coming in at number four. My top three, falling one space from number two to number three, Kansas City. I still have a lot of faith in them, but they just look bad. It's almost like they took the, Can- or they, they took the Indianapolis Colts for granted. And uh, then the infighting, it's something to keep an eye on and a little bit concerning, but Kansas City falls one space to number uh, to number three. Number two, the team that I had had number one from pretty much the beginning of the season, they fall one space out of the top spot, and that is the Buffalo Bills. They got a little thinking to do. They, they put up a ton of numbers. They played decent defense, really good offense. They just couldn't punch it in. And their own mistakes, their own ineptitude, and their offensive coordinator who went spastic nutso, they got some things to figure out this coming week. And number one, Ben Kenny, the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. Now, the one thing that concerns me about Philadelphia, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts played well. We all know that. Played extremely well. Ends up uh, throwing for three touchdowns. Ran the ball as well. Okay, all of that. But they, in that game, they put up 24 points in the second quarter, and that was it. Does it concern you that the second half of that game did not materialize and they still were only 33% on third down? They couldn't get they couldn't keep a drive going in the second half of that ball game against Washington. 
If there are any concerns to have, that's the one. You saw it in the Vikings game, too. They got up big, and then the Vikings kind of came back, and the offense didn't score in the second half, I believe. Here's the, like, there are so many questions entering the year, and Hertz is playing so well that it is a concern. But given how terrific everything has looked so far, people aren't really freaking out about it. It's one of those, mm-hmm. like, they have exceeded every expectation to this point. So it's hard to nitpick that part of it. And part of that also is they're up 24 to nothing. And I'm sure the foot on the gas attitude maybe goes down a bit. They try to run the ball a little more, a little more passive on offense. I think they'll be fine. That's a good list. I like that list. Yeah. Um, Now, the only one that people can argue with is the Titans. And I get it. um, But I still have some belief in them. If they get beat again this week or look bad, then obviously they're going to fall. But uh, I give credit Cincinnati can eke in there San Francisco continues to fall and look bad doing so the team that's on the rise the team that we thought was their season was pretty much over and that's the Dallas Cowboys winning games with Cooper Rush is a major reason why you start to look over that fence and go well okay maybe you know maybe they you know they beat the Bengals I and I know it, it you know I was I was watching this morning uh, good morning football they went well they beat Cincinnati as if Cincinnati's not even a team Cincinnati just came out of a Super Bowl run so they beat Cincinnati. They go on the road. They win in New York. Uh, there's the Denver Broncos, the Chargers, who have fallen out of grace. Things have gotten ugly quickly. Uh, the 38-10 blowout loss to the upstart Jaguars was just the beginning of their problems. They came in without their wide receiver, Keenan Allen, their cornerback, J.C. Jackson. Uh, Corey Lindsley was uh, also down. Uh, they lost some players along the way. So uh, keep your eye on the Chargers because for those that had the Chargers to be one of these ascending teams – Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, you know, Justin Herbert's even still, he's he's nicked up following that week two rib injury. So we'll see what uh, see what they end up doing. The Lions, I, I, I still give the Lions uh, a lot of credit for what they've been able to accomplish. They While they have not won a lot of ball games, they've looked better doing it. So I'm going to give the Lions. The Lions are going to figure it out eventually, I think. Uh, meanwhile, you got Cleveland. Jackson, Jacksonville moves up because they got the uh, – the, the win, you know, and you know what? Meanwhile, Trevor Lawrence, three more touchdown passes, and it seems like he's making the leap. And isn't it amazing when you have a quarterback mind like Doug Peterson work with a young quarterback like uh, like Trevor Lawrence to be able to accelerate his growth and all of a sudden Jacksonville uh, looks decent. Uh, the Saints, obviously, they're headed to London. They got the matchup with the Vikings this week. Uh, and they're sitting right where they're supposed to be, uh, down there just around in the late teens, early 20s. Then there's Arizona. The Raiders stink. They're they're bad. The Raiders dropped to 0-3 after yet another narrow loss to the Titans. We talked about it. Um, Josh McDaniels' post-game media availability was reportedly preceded by a closed-door meeting with the Raiders' owner, and he's the, the owner's already pissed. Uh, McDaniels may be, may prove to be, like Romeo Cornell, for those who remember Romeo Cornell, a tremendous defensive mind, defensive coordinator. Josh McDaniels, very good offensive coordinator, but just does not have the wherewithal to wrap his arms around a a total organization and really be the head guy. Then you've got uh, the Giants, Indianapolis, New England, Mac Jones. Boy, I tell you what, uh, coming off of the interceptions, they take that loss loses the ankle, the whole thing. He's going to be gone for at least, I would assume, I'm going to take a guess, four weeks. Minimal, four weeks. High ankle sprain, looked really, really bad. 
Uh, Pittsburgh, it's not that Mitch Trubisky was bad on Thursday night against the Browns. He wasn't terrible. It just it, It's just not, not a good team overall. And uh, they don't have their difference maker. They're without T.J. Watt and his presence. And Trubisky's ceiling, as we know, you know, it's only so high, and he's not that good to begin with. Uh, but they come in a little bit better than the Bears. You know, Justin Fields came out of Chicago's first couple of games with just 28 total pass attempts, and they they don't know what to do with him. That's a bad football team. They're very one-dimensional. Seattle's bad. Carolina, the Panthers continue to get little from Baker Mayfield. That offense is not awesome by any stretch. Um, the Washington Commanders are a bad football team. The Jets... They held uh, the lead for 22 seconds so far this year. That's it. The miracle went over Cleveland. They have had a lead in only 22 seconds of the first three games they've played. That's it. And then, last but not least, you bring in the Houston Texans. Uh, they just their run defense sucks. Uh, the Bears rush for 281 yards, seven yards per carry. David Montgomery missing the bulk of the afternoon with a knee and ankle injury. He's going to be down a little while. But Justin Fields, it just. There's a lot of things going on there. So, anyway, uh, let's do this. Let's do this. Um, When we come back, Aaron Rodgers making his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee Show, and he says, he says, this is what I saw on the Jumbotron. You're going to want to take a listen to it. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show yet to go right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. change careers you're looking for a career you're looking for a career not a job but a career and a good company to work for a company that's going to train you a company that's going to help you expand possibly even set you on your own direction whether it's computerized or good old-fashioned uh machining whatever it happens to be it's pindel p-i-n-d-e-l and they're right here in wisconsin if you're looking for a career they want you if you're looking to work with a company here in the state of wisconsin they want you p-i-n-d-e-l pindel.com that is pindel dot com p i n d e l pindel dot com and uh, they have been expanding they've been doing really really well over there in New Berlin Wisconsin good people so Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show just a little while ago uh, talking about looking up at the jumbotron seeing a few things that probably shouldn't have been there this is what uh, Aaron Rodgers had to say just moments ago listen first of all the the jumbotron is interesting because you want to show replays but you also there's been times where a replay starts to play, right? And somebody's like, oh, wait, hold on, hold on, turn that off, you know, because it, it could be a potentially a reviewable play. Uh, I think ours has gone to maybe waiting to the next play a lot of times, unless it's a for sure, you know, catch out of bounds or down. If there's anything kind of on the edge, it's always uh, you hope that that home operator doesn't show anything. I will say to clear things up, the questions seem to be like, what did you, what were you talking to Matt about? Uh, down there on the two-minute drive. That's what I was referring to. So during that drive, mm. I realized we were past the point of probably needing a timeout. I think we had one timeout at that point. So I walked down. 
because Matt loves standing kind of outside of the 25 from time to time. So him and Joe Barry, our defense coordinator, were standing down there about the 20-yard line or so. So I just went down there and said, hey, uh, we have one timeout left. If they come out with a formation or if we're missing a line or something, just don't be afraid to pop a timeout because we don't need it for, for the end of this. If they score get a two-point conversion, we don't need to carry that timeout over. There's you know 20 seconds left here. It's probably unlikely we you know, have a chance to – uh, you know, after a play and a kickoff and different things to, to get in the range. So let's just make sure we think about that. And then, the, you know, the, then about four plays before, four or five plays uh, somewhere, it was well before the two-point conversion, I did see something on the Jumbotron that I didn't, that I went down and relayed to Matt. I'm not going to get into exactly what I saw, or if it even had a real impact on the play, I think that's kind of inconsequential. But um, but I just thought I, I thought I saw something. I walked down. I, I relayed it to Matt. Whether that re- got relayed to Joe or not, I'm not sure. Either way, it had nothing to do with the two-point conversion. There was not an image of like the you know the uh, Microsoft Surface or anything on there. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny though. But even still, you know, even if you if you know something's coming and you relay it, um, you still got to go out and execute. I mean, that, I think that was what Spygate was all about, right? They you know stealing some signals, but you still got to go out there and execute the play and, in our case, stop them. But it had nothing to do with the two-point conversion. There you go. That was Aaron Rodgers just a little while ago on the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, there's some things that, you know, you shouldn't show on the Jumbotron. He can look up and go, oh, okay, here you go. This is what it is. But isn't it amazing, okay, think about this. Isn't it amazing that he's that quick to look up Notice something, discover it, and go right to Matt Lafleur and go to the uh, go to the coaches. Say, "Here's what I see. Did you see that? Did you catch that?" It's it's just uh, it, it's kind of amazing the mind more so than anything. It always astounds me. I, I I guess I shouldn't be surprised at this point to the depth of intelligence for for Aaron Rodgers, but it's still just. When you talk to people in the realm of football and they talk about how quickly he can decipher things and quickly he can go through progressions and how quickly he can see things and it's instantly decipherable as opposed to you and I thinking about it going, wait a minute, did we just see that? You know, what what was that? What was that? You know, and we're asking questions. He can see it. Boom. Done. Got it. It's almost an identic memory. It's, it's uh, the, the things that he can, he can relate to. So... Interesting stuff. Do you think about that at all, Ben? When you hear him speak of that that quick a, uh, a mention of the jumbotron? Not really. I was impressed. He went on for yeah. two minutes explaining the whole. I know. know. Yeah, <laughs> he, he gave the whole thing. Like, uh, do you think anybody inside that Tampa Bay control room is losing their job? <laughs> I don't know. It is interesting in the beginning where he said some places like our guy in Green Bay knows exactly when not to show the replay right. and when to show the replay. Right. Uh, I think he could. I also think that replay guy was watching the Pat McAfee show today with bated breath. Oh, I, I think right now every team in the league is calling a meeting with their Jumbotron operator, their Jumbotron, their video operators to say, hey, look, just to, let's reiterate this. We cannot, <laughs> we can't put up anything that's even remotely, remotely informational that the other team can garner any kind of an advantage from. 
You know, there's no zooming in on Microsoft because you can look at a guy's face. You can zoom in on a face or whatever. You know, we see that happen all the time. But there's certain things you just, you know, you can't do, you know, or if you if you feel that you're starting to look at something, got to turn away, got to get away from it, you know, and then got to cut it off. I guarantee there's meetings going on 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 all over the National Football League after all of this. I would say college, too, but probably won't happen at Wisconsin. It's not yeah. like they're hiding much, <laughs> you know, run left, run right. Show it all. Show it all. It doesn't. If it matter. works, it works. I mean, Show Brett's coming to town. He was the king of that. Ugh. Right. I'm excited. Yeah. Now, are you excited because Brett Bielema is coming to town or because you think the Badgers are going to beat Brett Bielema? I'm excited because it is. I love matchups where two teams are so stubborn in what they do and then they do it against each other and it's the exact same right. thing. Because then you truly see who's better at it. Now, if Wisconsin loses, I'm, the sky could actually be falling. Oh, here, that, here's that. Well, let's do this. Let, let's hold that thought for a minute. Because I hate that on a negative, but I was going to ask that question earlier, but I didn't, and now I'm going to. So let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll kind of wrap things up there. Hey, uh, thanks again to Joe Hennis, Ellen Hennis, and everything that they did at Smoke on the Water this past week. We had a great time out there on Sunday doing the postgame show. They raised some money for Fisher House, Wisconsin, but they postponed the ride because of the on-again and off-again showers this past Sunday. So they kicked it to this Sunday, this coming Sunday. The ride is leaving Sloppy Joe's, going to go to a bunch of different stops, and then they're going to end up out at Smoke in the Water where they're going to have a watch party for the Packers-Patriots game. So if you ride a motorcycle and you're looking for something to do this weekend and still can catch the game, stop out to Sloppy Joe's, check out their website, check them out on Facebook uh, for all the information, all the times and such, but head out there. It's going to be a really nice ride. It's going to be a good time, and then afterwards you get to kind of hang out and watch the game out there at Smoke in the Water. We will not be there, unfortunately. I would love to be, but I can't be. Obviously, we're going to be in Green Bay actually at the game, covering the game. So uh, now that they're back in town, but uh, I still encourage you, if you can get out and ride and maybe make this, even if you're doing this for the last ride of the season, uh, it's supposed to be a decent weekend weather-wise and in the 70s, low 70s. So it might be a perfect weekend to catch some leaves, catch some foliage, and be careful, But uh, and then head out to smoke on the water and watch the game. So thanks to them for doing this and uh, benefiting uh, this year, Fisher House, Wisconsin. Let's do this. We're going to wrap things up. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show is coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers coaching staff reviewed the video of Sunday night's win over the Buccaneers. Matt LaFleur says when it comes to special teams, they may have finally found some leaders to get the job done in Rudy Ford and defensive back Keyshawn Nixon. You guys can feel those guys getting down there, Uh, both Keyshawn and Rudy. Guys are getting down there. They forced a lot of fair catches. I think five out of our seven punts were down within the 15-yard line. Obviously, Pat had an amazing day punting the football. The Packers' new punter, Pat O'Donnell, kept Tampa deep in their territory most of the game. Aaron Rodgers. To have Pat punt the way that he punted, and then Ford, you know, be around the ball almost every time. Keyshawn to catch the ball on the one-yard line. Onside kick recovery. Kind of a phantom. It looked like uh, running to the kicker penalty. but And to have a special teams as bare minimum breaking even. And today, feel like we actually won the advantage that... Uh, that's nice. And besides special teams, Keyshawn Nixon also played on 47 snaps with the defense, replacing Jair Alexander, who left the game with a groin injury just six plays into the game. Nixon gave credit to Jerry Gray, the secondary coach, for helping him. I'm here to win, you know. Whatever they need, I'm going to do it like a you know, Swiss Army knife, you know. But 
Play defense, special teams, whatever they need to do, we're going to do. We get prepared really well during the week by Coach OG. Coach Jerry, Coach Jerry. Coach Jerry, Coach Jerry. 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 Coach Jer
Let's say they get a win, Ben, 24-20, 24-21. Does that make you feel any better? I guess. It depends how it happens. It's truly a column, uh, win-loss column kind of deal now because they played well-ish against Washington State. They choked the game away. So it's truly one of those deals that now you're in Big Ten West play. I don't really care how the win com- the wins come, honestly. As long as you get to that yeah. Minnesota game with a shot to win the West and then win that right. game, then the season can be considered somewhat of a success. Anything short of that, uh, I think, is a big-time failure. Yeah, I would agree. And it will be, as many people have already alluded to, it will be fire and brimstone if indeed the pa- or the, uh, the Badgers should lose this game. I can't imagine what it will be like here on Monday, much less out there on Saturday. Holy mackerel. Good stuff today. Man, just t- today flew by. I mean, four hours like that, gone. Great stuff. Thanks, everybody, for participating in the program. Good calls today, too. Good call day today. Give yourself a round of applause. Nice job. Back at it again tomorrow. Packers back in the practice field. We're going to have numerous. going to have Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, if we can. Barring the time, Mark Schofield. Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus going to be here. We got a lot to get to tomorrow as the Packers get ready for the incoming New England Patriots. Till then, time for us to go. Have a good one. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.